Welcome back, everybody, to the News Bleeds podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Doing very well. How about yourself? You know, we're on Zoom, and we missed last week. Um, so that's two strikes. But I'm going to say, outside of those two things, we're feeling great today, Bob. Feeling great. Good. Good. It's. I mean, yesterday was Valentine's Day. This is our special Valentine's episode. Yes. Yes. Um, hey, happy Valentine's Day. You will you be my Valentine? Absolutely. I was playing. I was planning on it the whole time. Yes. Um, I can't wait to see you. I've got a Cupid arrow for you. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yes. Happy Greg the Hammer Valentine's Day. Yes. Yes. We've had so much. I mean, missing one week on this podcast. It feels like an eternity. It, it does. Feels like we miss months. We had so many things we've been wanting to talk about. And it's like, well, do we even talk about them anymore? Because so many things have happened since. We've had to cut things because on the plan because it, there's there's too much. There's too much to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which so so I'm going to spring this on you. We've talked about everything that we were going to go over on the podcast today. We've got uh, we've got our comedy special. We've got the best the Mount Rushmore of pitchers from the 1990 wire to wire Cincinnati Reds. We have um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and uh, the aftermath of the parade the other day. But back to the Reds, it's uh, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. One of the greatest pitchers in Reds history passed away, mm-hmm. Mr. Don Gullett. Yeah. Oh, it's the it's the dearly departed segment. Return of dearly departed. Uh, I didn't tell you about this, but I just want you to know I am in West Virginia today. That's why we're doing this over Zoom. Yep. Uh, on my way home, I will be coming through Ashland, Kentucky, up north 23 into Greenup, Kentucky. Okay, Greenup County. In Greenup County, Kentucky, is where uh, Don Gullett is from, and there is a there is a monument that says this is Don Gullett Country, and I'm going to find it tomorrow. Take a picture, and I'm going to send it out. Did you know that in high school, Don Gullett was recruited by Division One colleges in baseball, basketball, and football? Is that so? He once scored. He ran in 11 touchdowns in one game and kicked the extra point in six of them. He scored 72 points in one game. He ran for 11 touchdowns in a game? 11 touchdowns in one game at McNell High School in, I got to look it back up now, I think it's Greenup, Kentucky. Even stranger than rushing for 11 touchdowns is only kicking the extra point on six of them. I mean, I you know they maybe they went for two on a few of them. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they brought somebody. Maybe maybe once they went up by six touchdowns, they were like, "You can keep running it in, but we want our backup soccer player to kick a few of these." <laughs> I guess uh, that's a, that's an odd that's an odd combination. Yeah, like him staying in the game. Or was their defense like miserable? Were, were they up? Were they up three points at the end of his 10th touchdown or something? I have no idea. McKell High School, McKell High School in South Shore, Kentucky, which is in Greenup County. Uh, 11 touchdowns, kicked the extra point in six of them. He also scored 47 points one game 
in a in a high school basketball game and and seven inning baseball game perfect game 20 of 21 outs were strikeouts oh my goodness is that unbelievable unbelievable he played in major league baseball for nine seasons he was drafted in 69 he played for the reds in the world series in 70 he played in the World Series. When when was the next year? 72? 72. Was it 72 there in the World Series against the A's? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he played he played in those World Series. He won the World Series in 75 and 76. And then swept the Yankees in 76. Turned around, was a free agent, got picked up by the Yankees and won it in 77 and 78. Won four straight World Series, played nine years, played in six World Series in nine years. Wow. Is that a, I mean, this end? Not only that, but apparently listening to some of these things, like you remember uh, Elmer. Uh, Bud? No, Elmer Diaz, Elmer. Is glue? Uh, anyway, Ron Valone and, and different guys like that from the Reds, the Reds and Pete Harnish got the Reds. Jim Bowden came out and said when Don Gullett was their pitching coach, they wore purposely paying money, less money to get washed up old guys that had been good somewhere else to bring them to Don Gullet and Don Gullet would just work his magic on them. Wow. That was how that was part of uh, how they saved money on the pitching side so they could afford guys like Larkin and Dunn and and Griffey and all these other people. Interesting. And that's yeah. why they <clears throat> that's why they won games eight to seven whenever they did win those years. Sure. The, the point is, is Don Gullet was Don Gullet is uh, was was an amazing was amazing was amazing. Nine years, six World Series appearances, four World Series titles. That's unbelievable. Yes, I knew he pitched for the Yankees after the Reds, but I didn't realize it was they won the World Series the next two years. Back, back. He won the World Series in four straight seasons, 75, 76, 77, 78. Wow. Very impressive. Good. Uh, Division one offers in basketball, baseball, and football. I feel like that was a little bit more, uh, I, that happened more often than not all three sports normally, but back I mean, in you're the, not, Yeah. I feel like there were a lot more three sport athletes back then. Now yeah. you're getting a lot of two sport athletes or really just one sport athletes, but to get D one offers, from three in three different sports. Not only that, he turned all of them down and was drafted out of high school in 1969. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wow. I mean, that's 47 in a game. Was it 47 or 48? 47, something like that. I heard that, yeah, in a, in a game in basketball in high school. And 20 strikeouts, 70, seven inning, perfect. 20 game. strikeouts in a perfect game, 20 strikeouts. That's crazy. Yeah, is unbelievable. He pitched uh, in one of his World Series games wins. He pitched eight and two thirds innings, which is weird to me. Why would you take him out of that game? I don't understand it, but whatever. Eight and two thirds. Uh, the guy was. I mean, this dude is Don Gullett is a Cincinnati Reds legend. Everyone in Cincinnati knows him. Whether he was uh, playing when you were alive or coaching. And uh, dearly departed, rest in peace, all that good stuff. Don Gullet, 
Yeah, and also back in the nineties, he had triple bypass surgery after a giant heart attack that he had, and lived for another thirty some years. Wow, yeah. man, what a guy! What a there what a life! There you go. Crazy. I wanted to bring that up uh, to start this podcast up. All right, good old Donny Don Don, Donny G, Donny G. Very nice. Um. <clears throat> okay. Well. That'll uh we will uh that will foreshadow our Mount Rushmore for later. Uh, you already mentioned it, but that that'll be a, a good thing to go back to and then transition. Um, we mentioned Valentine's Day. Did you do anything for Valentine's Day? Did you uh anything? Did you I don't know? Did you get your kid? Do you do you guys get your kids stuff for Valentine's Day? My my wife does. Yeah, she got them a bunch of little stuff for valentine's day yeah they have their school valentine's day party tomorrow found out that the boy has got three three girls competing to be a valentine yeah hey fifth now. grade fifth grade but not like his dad does not like girls <laughs> yet yeah sorry yeah I, I he also i've asked him and he said he doesn't like boys either he said that's weird. So I think he's going to like girls. Uh I but just you know at that phase of his life as a kid where ooh girls have cooties. Sure, sure. You yeah. know what? Yeah. Keep that innocence as long as you can, buddy. It gets complicated <laughs> after that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I had my first girlfriend at the end of fifth grade year. So okay. he's gonna it's it's coming for him. It's coming. Very nice. Well, I mean, three. I mean, three in the stable is is very impressive. That's three, a, yeah, three of really impressive. Yeah, um, he got. I, I found out from a little another little boy on the basketball team. He let me know. He let okay. me know. He said, "I said, how do you know?" He said, uh, "He says, well, I'm really trustworthy, and people trust me with things, and because I don't usually tell." I said, pretty sure you just told me and Parker. He was, I told Parker a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you got an insider. That's good. He's, a, he's an insider, but he's you also sources. He's also a good faker. He's not as uh he's not as secretive as he puts out. <laughs> yeah, he's a little confused about what that means, I guess. Yeah, you know, that's all right. You know what I remember? Uh it just came to me when you mentioned the the school Valentine's Day parties. It was such a big deal to me to take Michael Jordan Valentine's cards. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those, but man, you could yeah. get a box of Michael Jordan Valentine's Day cards. And that, like, because most people brought Valentine's little cards to pass out. Happy Everybody. Valentine's Day. They yeah. would say the little messages, different yep. messages on them. I, I remember the Michael Jordan ones. I remember being excited to pass those out and get them from like three of my friends too. We all exactly. gave yeah. each other the same yeah. ones. Gave the same ones. Here's my question for you. Did you, when you were, did you fill them out, right? Like you get a list of everybody's name, you write everybody's name on it. So you hand out individual Valentines. I don't really I, remember. I, probably. I remember doing that. And we, and the girls did it this year. My daughters did it this year. And I remember as a kid, like separating them. Like, I don't want this girl to think that what's yes. on this card means anything crazy. So I'm going to get the most generic one for all the, for the girls. Yeah. Right. And then the rest of them just have a piece of candy attached. So whatever. And the boys don't care. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's you're right. I think that's like the the, the your least favorite Michael Jordan card would go yes. to the, your least favorite person in the class. Yes, 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 yes. And my son every year has some kind of sports card, Valentine's card. Like he's got this year, it's a uh, baseball, basketball, football, ba uh, soccer. So sure. you can, it's they they're all those. That makes it a lot easier to give them to your buddies too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> cool. All right. <clears throat> well, Valentine's Day is, uh, you know, it's it's. Did you give anything to anybody special? The little did did you send anything to Teddy, or anything like <laughs> <The> that? <dog? laughs> yeah. You know what? I didn't. I no. did. Uh, That's yeah, okay. No, no, no gifts. It was a regular day. Probably a good idea. Might have got taken the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want Teddy's a boy dog, so I didn't want him to think anything. Um <laughs> I went to yeah, I went I went to the gym. I did yoga. I mean, it was a very regular, nothing, you know, same old were there any single ladies in the yoga class that you went in there and it was like, okay, if we're all in here, then obviously we got nothing to do for Valentine's Day. No, I, first of all, the gym was the emptiest it's been in months, in three, two, three months. Um, and there were probably maybe two, maybe two women there that could be anywhere close to my age. Um, I didn't really pay close attention, but, um, the rest of them were what 80. Yeah, you go you to know, an old person gym. Between... It's called the it's called the blue hair gym. Isn't it at a retirement center? <laughs> What's that? Isn't it at a retirement center? <laughs> uh, no, but it's attached to a hospital in case you know. There's uh, <laughs> there there has been an there has been a medical emergency from a a woman who was you know probably in, probably over five bills working out there one time, and uh, they had to careful go. now, careful now, careful now. I look way far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there. Look, I'm getting there. I had canes for dinner. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, regular day. Anyway, uh, Valentine's Day wasn't it. As a matter of fact, I pulled into the parking lot and I'm like, where is everybody? The parking lot's been packed. I, the gym, you know, since like the first of the year, everybody starts going again. And so it's yeah. always busy there. I'm like, oh, man. So I pull in and there's hardly anybody there. And I walk in. And the whole front, the front lobby is super decorated for Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I was talking to the ladies at the desk. I was like, yeah, I was wondering why nobody was nobody was here when I pulled in the parking lot. I forgot it was Valentine's Day. It's everybody's cheat day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, nothing big for me on the, on Valentine's Day. Did you get a haircut uh, on Valentine's Day? I got a haircut today after work. I think I knew it looked fresh and clean. And you're right. It had to be today because by tomorrow, you'll look like a werewolf again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That beard. So here's the deal. I shaved two and a half weeks ago. And I'm just here. Adam shaved earlier today. So if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> he was cleanly shaven when he went to work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I usually have to shave about three times a day if I want to keep it <laughs> keep it keep it smooth. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. Uh, yeah. uh, Super Bowl. So, so the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. What did you do for the Super Bowl? Obviously, nothing outside of your home because you were COVID bound. I was COVID bound. I had COVID last week. 
Um, so no, I, you know, they say five day quarantine now, right? Five days. I don't know. Is that what it is? Five days. And I'm like, you know, the doctor at the, at the clinic, at the, not the clinic, but the, uh, urgent care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's so like, definitely not a doctor. Is it, well, yeah, whatever she was. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, somebody that, uh, went to a medical class. I don't know. She's like, yeah, she's like, it's, she's like, uh, just, you know, five day quarantine. Here's your note for work. You can go back on, you can go back on Sunday. And I'm like, okay, this was Tuesday last week. I'm like, gosh, that seems so quick. Cause I had just started feeling it the night before. So I'm like, I'm freshly sick. And I'm like, I mean, it usually takes me two weeks to get over a regular cold. Like anytime I get sick, it feels like it takes me forever to get over the thing. But COVID is like five days. I'm good. <laughs> She's like, yep. Like, okay. You know me. I'm going to take a couple extra days just to be sure. Um, but it, it turned out to be a cold. I mean, I got yeah. very, very lucky. It was not yeah. that bad. Good. It wasn't Good. fun at all, but it was a cold. I mean, my nose ran like crazy for a few days and then, you know, it cleared up. So very well, we lucky. Were gonna do the pod we were going to do the podcast anyway last week, but then I started feeling bad. Mr. Mr. Dads don't get sick over here. Uh, I was, it was rough. Dads don't get sick. Dads don't get sick. I, I told my wife, I was like, Adam's got COVID. Normally I would just go ahead and do it. But you know what? I said, we just, we just knocked this thing out this week and take one. And I looked at her and I said, cause, cause her and her sister always talk about man colds. Oh, the man cold, the man, dads don't get sick. So I don't get no man cold. So I never complained. I did the laundry. I did all my stuff, did everything I always do. I just didn't do the podcast and went to bed early. <laughs> Go do it like eight thirty. <laughs> That's the most important thing when you're sick, man. Rest. Got to get the yeah. rest. Um, yes. So anyway, so it was. Uh, it it didn't go too bad. I got a couple quick things. No Super Bowl. I was eligible to, I guess, leave the house on Sunday, but that was the first day I was eligible. I'm like, and there's no way six, you're going anywhere. I'm like six days into this thing. Plus, it's it's pleasant to. I, I always enjoy going to your house for the game. But other than that, like I'm not really trying to go to any big Super Bowl parties or anything like I would. I, I like just watching the game by myself anyway. Um, So anyway, that's what I did. I watched the game by myself. We'll get back to the COVID stuff because we started with the Super Bowl. That's what I did. What did you do for the Super Bowl? Same thing as every single year for as long as I can remember. Paul Witt, uh, Super Bowl party. 2024 went down uh probably the fewest people we've ever had probably the fewest uh we had we had the lifers that were there uh you know six or seven of them had a pleasant surprise from cousin danny hey cousin danny showed up uh with uh, prince philip prince philip yeah. was in got a little, little prince philip in there uh and marika and cousin danny would me and him had fun so I had just started DraftKings with you from your uh, – so I had a bunch of free bets from DraftKings. I won some money on a couple of the $25 bets. So me and Danny were going all about the live betting. We were betting on what the Chiefs were going to do on the next drive and all this other stuff <laughs> and uh, lost a bunch of lost, – lost a bunch of $5 bets. But halftime show, Cousin Danny, these are the things that make me happy. For my whole life, I've been saying the same thing. 
I always tell people when it comes to dancing, right? I tell people like I used to love dancing when I was younger, younger and much slender. Usher has got the Usher's got the halftime, right? Mm -hmm. Danny looks at me and he goes, "Do you remember you used to tell people all the time that you taught Usher how to dance?" And I was like, "Ah, yeah, I still tell people that." <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he remembered that as a child made my day. Made my day. I don't even remember that. Uh, I used to tell people all the time, I taught Usher how to dance. <laughs> best part of the halftime show. Right now, you tell me, what was the best part of the halftime show? You well, already lose. You already lose. You already lose. It was the instant I, I know. that Ludacris, Ludacris came, out. came out. Of course. The instant. It That's took you way too say. long. <laughs> You're right. My bad. Especially knowing your fandom, your Ludacris fandom. Mine too, but you're, you're definitely the number one fan. So uh been watching a bunch of videos of the halftime show and it's a bunch of people like, look at my aunties uh, when all of a sudden you can see the difference when Usher's on and Luda's on and like they're like jamming with Usher and then Luda comes on and they all jump up and go crazy. Yeah. That was a hundred percent me. I kept saying Luda's going to be on Luda. Luda's coming out. Luda's coming out. And when he came out, I jumped off the couch and went crazy. <laughs> Uh, you had let's see who made cameo. Luda did. Jermaine Dupri was out there. Yep. Um, Lil John. Lil John, right? Lil John was out there. Alicia Keys heard, killed it. Alicia Keys, that was big for me, buddy. I was a big Alicia. I was a fan of her music and had a huge crush on her. Oh my god, so, yes. That yeah, that was big. So Alicia me. Keys is married. Yeah. If you're if you're Alicia Keys' husband and you're watching that halftime show, or you're like, all right, Usher. Let's get the herpes a little bit further away from uh, from my wife, will you? Let's, let's just scoot a little. He had further. the hands on the hips. Oh, <laughs> yeah. more than hips, bud. That was lower <laughs> pelvis, uh, upper pelvis, upper pelvis. Uh, yeah, gave a little she, gave a little tap on her ass at one point. She looked, yeah, she looked fantastic though. Um, she's probably our age too. I, I maybe even, yeah. I'd say she might be a hair older than us. Like Maybe. mid forties, yeah. I'd say I bet she's about forty five. Forty five. I'm sure it's like fifty. Is he really? Oh yeah, because uh, his son plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. I forgot. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. Usher is T. Morant. Uh, John John Morant's dad. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> totally forgot about that. About T. Morant. Yes, yeah, about yeah. Jaw's dad. Jaw's dad looking dead <laughs> yeah. on. So that's right. Wish. He's got to be old enough. He's got a son in the NBA. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I. I never really care about the halftime show. That was about as much as I cared about any halftime show. Probably. I love. Uh, I love the halftime show, and I loved. I loved Usher. I thought it was great. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Wasn't. Wasn't too bad. It wasn't. I. You know, the aerial stuff when people are flying over the crowd and like repelling from the from the ceiling and stuff i don't i'm like that's too much for me he didn't do any of that i mean I he was on the actual field did you yeah. see the stripper that was on the stripper pole that fell no i didn't i oh. i saw somebody on twitter or something say oh no it was it was an old neighbor it's anyway um said something like oh real nice uh had uh 
strippers on pole on dance dancing poles or something that's that says family or something like i was like i didn't even see that i I didn't notice it until i saw the video but for sure like all she's up at the very top of the pole and she just falls and they clip off and jump off and go to a different camera (laughs) (laughs) huh i didn't even see that um anyway yeah so okay halftime show was good uh it seemed like most people were kind of rooting against the Chiefs, but uh, kind of doesn't matter because they won. Uh, ended up being a good game too. I mean, it was it was a good game. They they yeah. scored with they scored in the last what two minutes or something like that. Yeah. So the the defensive coordinator for the 49ers was fired yesterday. Oh no, it was oh, it went into overtime. What am I talking? It went about? into overtime. Yeah, but uh, but they scored to so anyway the defensive. The defensive coordinator for the 49ers was fired the other day after holding Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown in the Super Bowl in regulation. That's crazy. Tell me that wasn't planned already. He was getting yeah. fired no matter what. Yeah, but I mean, why? I mean, it, you you would think there's something else, right? Not It's not just his defense's performance. It's something else. It's got to be something else. has to be. So anyway, Chiefs won. Congratulations to uh, to them and to you know pop stars all over the planet and whoever else. Um, and then they had love, love. I love love. You love love. You do. Um, which is why Valentine's Day is so big. Mm-hmm. Um, the parade. They had a parade. What it was two? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, right? Yesterday. Which is yep. which was Wednesday. So they had a parade three days after their win that feels like such a massive thing for a city to plan in three days it's um but it's always like that i i don't know how they do it because i i i I know thinking about this every year and going jesel pete's look at that banner that thing's huge look at this banner look at this they had all of this made in the last two days like these people are they've already got things like on order and it's like okay you're printing the second this thing's over also, this is their third Super Bowl in five years, so maybe yeah, and maybe they back had some to back. Yeah, yeah, back to back. They knew what they were doing. This <laughs> this, this the, ain't their first rodeo. Went to the storage shed and got the old stuff out. Yeah. So after after all the shenanigans, and by the way, we've talked about this a few times now. The just absolute drunkenness on the stage is annoying. It's starting to get annoying to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it always has I'm, been to me. I I love I love when people are hooting and hollering and and have some beverages, but you're like they go up on those stages and they're cussing like crazy and they say the and they can't talk. Jason, Jer, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was trying to sing a Garth Brooks song and was reading it off his phone and couldn't even say the words and. And then I think he was trying to do the ch- the chop from the that the Braves fans used to do, and then and then there was the like a band. All, the oh, Chiefs geez. fans still do that, yeah. I didn't yeah. even put that together. I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'm so dumb. There was a band. He started doing that, and there was a band there, and they started playing along. He's like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, cut that, cut that, cut that," because <laughs> you're not really supposed to do that anymore. But anyway. Oh, well. Yeah, I think I thought they still did that at Chiefs games. So yeah, maybe they do. Anyway, um, so obviously everyone gets off the stage and shots come come f- flying in. 
22 people were shot. One uh, at this point in time passed away. I heard as many as six in the ICU. Um, I don't know, you know, not here to give you all the numbers on that. My question for you, Adam, is this is something, I mean, you're talking about multiple hundreds of thousands of fans crammed into small area. Mm-hmm. 800 police officers, I think, is what is what they had there, which is a lot of police officers. But for, you know, 400,000 fans. Something like this over and it's a dispute. Uh, um, two of the three that were that are in custody are minors. Um, I think six or more the person that's dead is a minor and and there's like it's so it was a it was it was it was young people maybe i could be wrong about that but it's young people dispute right so whether it's gang violence i don't nobody that hasn't come out unknown the point is mass shootings in this in this country is this going to change how parades, how these these victory parades commence from here on out in in sports in general. That was one of the first thoughts I had when I saw that. <clears throat> it, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it seems like it would be smarter, safer for everybody to find another way to do that. Um, Buy a ticket and have the parade and have a big pep rally inside the stadium yeah something like that yep that that makes way more sense there's there are too many people there are too many people i I mean i don't know i from my perspective like i I would say like the biggest team that could win that i would even think about doing something like that would be the reds if they won the world series i don't think i would go to the parade i mean at this point i I mean, because, just because of yesterday or no. if if it was a, two weeks ago, you would say no. You know, uh, yeah, because there's just too many people. There are way too many people. I, I And it's just not to, to, to do it's what, a once in a lifetime. Them. It's it's a once in a lifetime thing. I'm going I'm taking my kids like that was my thought forever to be able to take your kids to something like that would be amazing. Now, I don't know how I feel. My, I don't know if you can hear this, but my printer is, I, I, I haven't used it in years and it, it just kicked on and it's making all these noises. It's right next to me. Every once in a while, your printer kicks on and it makes sure, and it just runs, runs back and forth to make it. It's checking how much ink you got. Yeah. It's doing yeah. that right now for our podcast. This is great. This is, I, nobody can hear it. I promise you. It? Okay. <clears throat> Good. Nope. Okay. Not even a little bit. Then edit that out. Um, (laughs) Okay. I'll do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I I kind of, it it really just does make more sense to do something like you said, a pep rally, something that you can, yeah. If you make people pay, there's much less chance that something like that's going to happen because not anybody can just go. Um, that's the other thing too like there's so much i'm guessing there's alcohol allowed outside during that thing i mean the players are all getting hammered on the 
<clears throat> on the floor. Yeah, and you see people throwing beers up to them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They yeah, they're they're sitting there with coolers and yeah. So I don't know. It just yeah, that many people uh getting all excited and and you know having alcohol like unlimited alcohol involved it's almost you're almost definitely going to have a problem now is it going to be a yeah, shooting but, where 22 people probably not but yeah i was just going to say when it comes to the alcohol side of things i don't i don't think this had anything to do with alcohol i think this had to do this was this had to do with a disagreement is what the police are saying right now yeah but it's it's young people and gunplay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would like to see some kind of change. I, I, I just don't know. I, that's the best I can think of what you suggested. Um, I don't know. What do you got? I mean, do you think it's necessary to make you a know, change? This, because of that? this is one of those things where you have one of these, you have three of these every year, mm -hmm. right? And in some places, four, if you include like hockey and stuff like that, that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this is the first time you hear something like this happened. So, yeah, I the recency bias that you get in sports these days, especially in the NFL, is a perfect example. Like you can have a team win eight straight games and then get beat by 15 and everybody's like, oh, they're not as good as we thought they were and get dropped down in power rankings and everything else. Recency bias is really tough in this situation. And I hope that the leagues take it into consideration. And I hope that the leagues sit down and have a lot of thought put into it, communicate with their teams and and really decide if it's something on a on a city by city basis or something of that nature to figure out what the best thing to do is i'm not going to sit here the day after it happened and say never do it again i'm not going to do that because i think we do that too much in this in the sports culture that we have in this country and i don't want to do that so I think there's something better out there. I think there's a better way to do it. I don't know what it is, but I just hope that it's not a, a knee-jerk decision and that we all and that that the leagues get together, have a conversation and figure out what to do from here. Yeah. I know that that's a sucky, that's a terrible take. Like in hot take world, there's zero hot take about that. That's just, I, I hope that people keep their heads on straight and figure out the best thing to do because it is so good. You see video of the players yesterday just walking into the crowd signing autographs. Nobody jumped barricades. Nobody was bum-rushing stages. Players were going out signing autographs, doing, you know, like having fun with the crowd. That is what these things are all about. That's what this stuff is all about. It's to give these this crowd an opportunity to see these guys and then somebody does something stupid at the very end that could ruin it for everybody i was thinking the other day uh yesterday i guess <clears throat> about the video i saw recently of a press conference right after the denver nuggets won their championship last year and a reporter asked nicola Jokic 
uh, hey, you know, in, in three days, uh, you're going to have a parade. What do you think about that? And it hits him in the moment. He's like, oh. and he looks over at the, at the press uh, person for the nuggets. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, when's the parade? And she, she says like, she says like Thursday or something. He's like, oh. he's like cause he just wants to go home. home. He yeah. just wants to go home. He did not want to do the parade. <laughs> now, now that's a little different story, right? The NBA is becoming a, the NBA and major league baseball are worldwide sports. They are worldwide and there are people from all over the world in those NFL is a little different, right? The NFL, some crazy Americans, they just want to party and have their NFL fun. So it's a little different with that, but I agree with you. You're right. I mean, there, some piece, some of these guys probably don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to be able to figure something else out that, that could, you know, everybody could celebrate, but in a safer manner. Right. And that's, I don't, to me, it's not recency bias at all. You think about that many people celebrating, feeling crazy. I mean, there are some great moments, you know, especially like kids looking up at Patrick Mahomes and he looks right back at him and waves to him or whatever. That's, that's sure. really cool. Uh, guys, if they're, you know, if they're going over signing autographs, taking pictures or whatever, that's, that's all very nice stuff, but it's, it's, if it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean it's safer. It, you know what I mean? Like that many people. And especially if, and to me, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm different than most on this, but you, you incorporate alcohol, especially lots of it in anything with, with lots of people, there's, there are always going to be problems. Maybe we haven't heard about shootings of this capacity, but I guarantee it every single one of these things where there are 400,000 people at these parades, there are problems plenty in plenty of spaces in there. Guarantee. It's it, that. Yes. Yes. But you can't keep people from congregating for any, for events. That's just not going to happen. It, it, and I don't mean, and so maybe that's not how I should say that. Because you can keep people from congregating for these events by saying we're not doing them anymore. You can. But you're right. You're right. You're exactly right. There, there's there, I guarantee there's a fight somewhere. There's something going on because there's always going to be in that city some fan that's or somebody that's not a fan of the of the Chiefs that's there with their family or somebody else, and they're gonna wear something for their team and somebody's going to say something to them. And then, you know, people provoke easy and want to be provoked. It doesn't even have to, it can be chiefs fans, all of them. And somebody bumps into somebody, somebody's a little too drunk and just starts running their mouth. I mean, stuff that happens all the time everywhere anyway, but that, that capacity because of that, the capacity of the crowd, <laughs> the number of people, that I think that's what puts it over the top as far. I mean, you're right. You don't want to keep people from congregating, but that that's, this is like the most extreme. What, what other event has that many people at one time? I mean, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, the only thing closest would be an NBA or major league baseball celebration yeah, in a small market, thing. in a small market. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But it, yeah, and Kansas City is not even a big market. I mean, no, that's what I mean. Another small market. That, those oh. are the ones that celebrate the most usually. Oh, you know what oh. I mean? Like you yeah. get into New York and and L.A. and stuff like that. Like how? I mean, those people are gonna. Yeah, they're gonna riot after the game. Exactly. And then and then there's <laughs> there's crime all day long the next day anyway. You know, yeah, it's like, just, that's a normal day in Chicago. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Um, I think we covered that. It's really unfortunate. Hopefully they have, from what I heard, they had three people in custody. The adult was interrogated and let go and they determined that person was not involved. So there are still two minors in custody and they're investigating all that. I, I just read right before we came on here that the, the, there's a woman that died that was a mother of two who was a oh, DJ? Is that who, died? who was a DJ? Oh, the DJ. That's right. I heard that she was a DJ. I did hear that, which is hard for me to fathom. A mother of two that's a DJ. I don't know. As her profession, that just uh, kind of is. I mean, what do you mean? I mean, she could be on. She could be on the radio, right? You know what I mean? I mean, oh. you have what one hundred seven one. You know, we have all kinds of radio that, stations in Cincinnati, and those people could easily have kids. I feel like they would say like radio host or something like that. In that case, I feel like she goes. She goes to clubs and plays loud music. I feel like that's what she does. Okay, so kids go to bed. In in her defense, what about this? What about this? Uh, I remember. I I remember when I got married. You have they have every year. There's a wedding extravaganza at the convention center, right? And you they've got the the dress makers are there, and the caterers, and the DJs are there, and a lot of them are grown men or grown women with families and stuff. That's just what they've done since they were younger and they're in their fifties and they're still DJing. That's true. I know a guy that that was, that I probably still does it. That was, he was a manager at skyline for a while and he was like a really nice buttoned up guy. And, uh, and he used to go to, he used to DJ at Patrick's like, or they, they, he did a, uh, he did a uh, karaoke at Patrick's. Yeah, karaoke, like yeah. Most of those DJs, that's another way they make some money is by doing karaoke and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think when I read it, I just thought of the stereotype of a DJ and also a, a mother of two. <laughs> yeah, just like a, like a totally different person after she leaves the house to go DJ. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like Shaq when he changes into DJ Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. So unfortunate that that happened and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they make any changes. If uh, thoughts and prayers out to all those families and everything like that, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to say and need to say and should say and really mean, but in the end, in the end, screw these people that made this happen because it's going to change. It's going to change something. You think a change will happen? Something's going to happen. I'm not necessarily saying that we're going to stop having parades. Right. But I'll tell you that things are going to be different. Things are going to be a lot different. Okay. All right. Well, what else do we have? Um, Right before we came on here, right before we started recording, uh, this is just going to be a quick thing because this is for me. Uh, Caitlin Clark became the all-time scoring champ in NCAA women's basketball history, passing Kelsey Plum. Um, 
And the shot that she made, she had 23 in the first quarter, by the way. And she accounted for all like 38 of their points in the first quarter because the shot, the the points they scored that she did not score herself, she assisted on those uh on those yeah. points. So um and, and she's this she's the all-time scoring champ in NCAA women, uh women's basketball. Her fate my favorite part of her game is her passing. And she's like I want to say third or fourth, maybe on the assist. Uh, yeah, she's going to be. She's going to end up in the top five in both. She already is. She's already in the top five in both assists and points. Uh, she did it in thirteen less games than Kelsey Plum, and she still has you know the rest of this season and uh, whatever happens in the in the tournament, uh, and then she becomes an Indiana Fever uh, player next year. <laughs> so yeah, she's playing. Constantly in on on prime time TV mm-hmm. right now as a college player, like she is prime time. Like she, everyone wants to see her. She's gonna go to the Indiana Fever and play on and play on cable TV twice. Maybe. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna play. She's playing. She's having uh, on the road records attendance records set on the road everywhere she goes. She's going to play in front of friends and family next year. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's going to be like high school all over again. <laughs> no, you know, I, they will, they will attract more people when she gets there for sure. At Fever yeah, Games. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So here's the big thing though. She is a hundred. She's like 160 points away from pistol Pete Maravich's record. That's crazy. Because he averaged got, 44 a game in college. He also did it in three years. Uh, so that's a big difference. Uh, but the point is, is Pistol Pete's uh, 3,667. She's at 3520 or something like that, I think was what the record was, 35. It's 3,500 and something. So she's like 160, 150 away, somewhere in that, Some give or take 20 points. He's got, she's averaging what, 30 a night? 32. 32 a night. So that's five games. Yep. Six games. You've got, she's got, she still has a, what, three games, probably three to five games left in the regular season. She's got minimum of one game in the Big Ten tournament, minimum of one game in the NCAA tournament. This woman, this woman, has like a 95.9% chance of being the not just the women's all-time score but the all-time leading score in college basketball history. If that doesn't give you cold chills, brother, I don't know what does. She's a very special player. And uh, it's we're lucky to be able to see it. I can't wait to see what she does on the WNBA level. So a lot of people were talking about that. You have watched you you coached high school girls basketball. You've watched you you've gone to her game against Ohio State. You've watched her a few times. You you're 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 a you're just a basketball junkie. She's obviously unbelievable. You've seen so many people in your life. 
the thing that keeps coming out in the national media, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life is, yeah, but will her game translate into the WNBA? Yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know why. I don't even know what my, this probably doesn't even make sense, but I feel like it, it, it would translate easier between women's basket NCAA women's basketball to the WNBA easier than it does for some of the top college players in men's basketball to the NBA. I feel like there's okay. a bigger jump for some it makes reason. sense. That makes sense because you're talking about NCAA college basketball to the NBA. You're it's a different style of game, mm-hmm. right? I don't know the two styles between the college women's college and, and, and WNBA, but but you've got you still have a big man on a lot of teams in college basketball. You have the best athletes get drafted after their first year in college basketball. Women's basketball, you can, but most of them stay longer, right? It's more like the it's more an old school NCAA, a 1990s version of men's college basketball. To where the best players in the game got drafted and were good in in the NBA. And that's yeah. how it was. And I feel like that's it's more of a translation that way. So I think that she is not only going to translate just fine, but she's going to immediately be one of the top five players in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Very good chance of that. Um, I, I know I saw recently a comparison of like, some of the best college women's college players from the last 10 years or something like that. And their first years in the WNBA and just about all of them made big impacts right away. And it's it with her, with her skill set, the way that she can, she can shoot from more area on the floor than anybody probably in the WNBA right now can mm-hmm. her shooting and her, I, I, I believe that she will be the best passer in the WNBA when she gets there as well. So Offensively, defensively, she's not that good. Um, offensively, she will be probably a top five offensive player. Yes, I, I agree. In the WNBA next year, and there are some great, great offensive players in the WNBA. She's going to be right there with them. Sabrina, Ionescu, uh, Ionescu. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, is one of those people that are it, she's dead without question right she's just she's just different and uh she and caitlin clark's going to come in and be that kind of person we are getting ready to go into the nba all-star weekend can i tell you the three-point competition we've talked about this before is already it's the best part of nba weekend by far easily Steph Curry's not in the three-point competition this year. However, he's in his own against Sabrina Ionescu. This is, we talked about this maybe, did we talk about this a couple weeks ago? I think briefly, yeah. Can I tell you that this is my favorite part of this whole thing? She, last year in the three-point contest, she missed one shot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She made like 34 points or something like that. (laughs) One shot. Yeah. That's insane. Um. So, however, 
Steph Curry is a very competitive person. Uh, do you think Chef Curry, the, sh- the, 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 the chef, is going to put a little extra into this than he normally would for maybe a three-point competition? Or do you think because it's against a woman, he might just go do his thing and, you know, he makes me, makes me, done, he done. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Sabrina is going for blood. Yeah. She's made it very clear she's out here to win. I I feel like Steph will try to make as many shots as he can. It's not going to bother him because it will be this wonderful, uplifting women's basketball, women's sports moment if she beats him. I think he's I think he's all in on that stuff. Yes. So so I think he'll try. I think he'll be fine. It's not going to be, he's not going to be like this intense competitor because he really, really wants to beat her. He's not going to walk out there, Larry Bird, and say, who's coming in second today? (laughs) Right. He's not keeping his warm up on. He's not putting up his finger before the shot goes in, although he does that stuff all the time. Yeah, he might do that. (laughs) Yeah, he might. (laughs) He does do that. I caught my son on video. I was watching him today shooting in the front yard because my camera alert comes on my phone all the time. And I caught him shimmying the little Steph Curry <laughs> shimmy as he made a shot today. Practicing his sellies. Yeah. Nice. He's all he's got too many of them. He he hit a three the other day in a game and was walking down with the three with oh the boy. three below his waist. And I jumped. I'm on the bench, right? I'm an assistant coach screaming at him to put his hand away. Put your hand away. Put your hand away. The guy at the clock, doing the clock at the game, comes up to me after the game and he goes, hey, I just want to let you know, man, you got the the fact that you got it, that kid with that three, you know, that was that was pretty big, man. That's, that's really cool. You know, make sure these kids act like they know what they're doing, you know, and, and not not being too big for the game. And I was like, yeah, and my damn son doing this. I was, and he goes, oh, it's your kid? Oh, never mind. <laughs> let the kids play is what I say. Let the kids play. Mean coach. I'm such a let the kids play kind of guy too. I am. I and am. I'm not. When I, watch, when I watch my son make a make a make a basket after he gets fouled and flex like this, I get so mad. Yeah. Flex that I don't get mad at because he doesn't do it at the other team. But when you run down the court with your little three and you put in your oh, I hate that. Hate that. I don't, I don't like that stuff. You know that, but it's, it's so, you know, I, I see guys doing that in high school, college and, and pro and so many people do it. And you see guys do it on teams with coaches that you would think would not stand for that. And they don't even pay any attention to it. So I wonder how much of their, it's starting, everybody's starting to adapt more to it. And it's like, you know what? If that's the worst they do, as long as they're not taunting people specific, which to me, a lot of it still is. But if you are not looking at a guy and making gestures at them and stuff like that, looking at the other team and putting a three, like don't look at the other team's bench and put a three up. Right. I'm going to pull your ass out of the game. Oh yeah. You You run down the court and you just have a three down by your, by your knee. It's a tough still. I know this is my kid. Well, it's a tough line too with youth sports too. Like you, 
you want them to have fun. And, and of course they're going to, that's why it's, that's why it bothers me in professional sports and everything too, because they do that because that's what they see those guys do. And it's, I don't know, like they're, they are having fun. It's like for some, I, I don't know why, but for some reason it's more enjoyable for, for them to do celebrations when they make shots and stuff. I, I still don't get it myself, but if that's the, I mean, if that's going to like draw more, more kids to play and get them to enjoy it more, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm moving toward like being fine with that, but also I, I'm, I'm kind of like noticing that there are coaches that aren't caring about that. And, uh, so put I it feel like it's it. coming. It's Get coming. it out of here. It's coming. There's no place Keep for going. that in sports. Sports aren't fun. It's for winning. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. It was coming. You almost were okay with it. You were almost okay with it. Listen, here's the thing. I'm in this middle road. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want you to dunk on somebody or buy or, or back them down and jump over and, and shoot a jumper over them when you're six ten and they're and they're six two and you go down on the ground and talk about how small they are. I don't want you doing that. You're you're eight inches taller than them and have a a 12 inch bigger wingspan. If you can't back them down and jump over them, then you are a terrible player, right? Like that's that's how I I don't want you doing that. I don't don't do that. Now you hit a three and it's a big three and you want to get a little excited. Part of me's like I get it. It's okay to show emotion the right way. I know the right way is a key and that's a line that's a real that's a that is a real crisp line that can be like it's towed so often. The, but like in the baseball line is, I'm, the line I'm, is okay jagged all over the place because jagged. the right way is different for everybody. Look, you know I'm a baseball guy and I'm okay with a bat flip. Like if I'm going to hit a bomb I, like we I feel bad like if my kids ever did something like that in a game I probably would be upset with them, right? Act like you've been here before, that whole deal like that. But we just have, in, we do indoor, at the end of every indoor practice, we play a game where there's two teams, you put a ball on a tee and you have to hit it. You can't hit it on the ground and you can't hit a pop-up, right? There's there's a line in the back of the indoor place. You got to keep it below it and you got to hit above it and you get a point, right? And I'm always the last person that goes, whoever doesn't have, whoever's got the odd person team, I hit last. And that ball is worth however much it is to win. And when I hit it, I flip the bat in the air and I'm like, let's go. And I'm hooting and hollering. How is that any different? Right. They're looking at me and I'm doing it. I it, It's hard for me to, to get on somebody for that. Though. There's also a difference in doing it at an indoor winter practice with just your team there and in, in a game. When you but, are, but is there because you're showing that emotion that I tell everybody you practice like you play. Y'all want to walk around here and goof off and, and not toss what you don't toss with a purpose. You don't take ground balls with a purpose. You don't take batting practice with a purpose. You do everything like you would do in a game. And then I turn around and do that. How is that any different? Because there's not another team that you are disrespecting in a lot of cases. 
I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing sometimes when I do that. I want, I, I'm excited. And, and, and that's where I'm like, you know what? A little emotion is good. It's good to have emotion. It's yeah. You got to channel it and do it in a, in the right way. I don't even know that it's always emotion anymore. I think now it's just part of the cult. Like I have, I'm supposed to, because I've seen this so much, I'm supposed to do this celebration. Okay. Well, if you hit a home run, an absolute bomb and you're losing eight to one and you just hit a solo, if you bat flip or do something stupid, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to grab you by your throat and I'm going to throw you on the bench. But if you just hit a walk-off to win a game, how can you be upset? That's pure emotion. Well, of course you're not gonna be upset. Yes. You will you will you will have emotion. You can also have plenty of emotion and not do we don't, I mean, we certainly can't get back into this because we've had five podcast episodes where we went off the five? rails with this. Five? <laughs> well, we I'd did. say one at least one a year, yeah. <laughs> we've done more than that. It's Probably. we're 275 <laughs> episodes in this thing or whatever we are we've had at least 15 to 20 <laughs> all right then uh whatever you feel is how i feel all right here we go <laughs> moving on uh what i think may be the last thing i mentioned this earlier so i had covid last week i, I got over it way faster than i expected not as fast as you got over your sickness that was that's the thing. Dads don't get sick, but when they do, psh, right through it. Breeze right through it, buddy. Better believe it. 24 yeah. hours. Ready to go. Very good. Um, I was a little maybe, more than 24. Maybe 36. Maybe 36. 36. 36. <laughs> but I'm not a dad. I don't have that dad power. So uh, mine took a little bit longer. But um, Part-time part -time furry dad. <laughs> there you go. Not even. Um, the <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> all right sorry i had too much fun too much fun with that <laughs> that's fine uh two things worse than the illness is what i have to miss i missed i missed a few things last week all right so uh number one i missed the podcast number two i i had tickets for pacers warriors oh I miss getting to see Steph again. I've seen him like five times in person, but I he's still my he's my favorite player in the league. And still. And um not only did I miss that game, he made his first seven threes in the first quarter. He had like yeah. 20 23 in the first Jesus quarter or something Christ. like that. And he scored uh what do you have? He had 62 in that game, I think. Yeah. Was that another 62 or a that was another 60 loss, 60 yeah. point loss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I missed the third, that. the third 60 point loss of the NBA season. Yeah, in like two weeks or whatever. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Steph Curry. Yes. That's right. Um, and so so I had to miss that game. Um, that was a big disappointment. And then I missed, uh, elder LaSalle, which nobody else cares about, but, um, that's a pretty big one for me. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I couldn't, couldn't do anything else. Couldn't, couldn't go anywhere over the weekend or anything like that. Um, so that was that I missed those things. And then one more thing that happened was, so I text my family when I found out I had it, you know, just so they know I'm not going to be around or whatever for a few days. 
And so the first time I had COVID was in November of 2020. My sister had crumble cookie. If you don't know crumble cookie, they're all over the country. C-R-U-M-B-L. Check it out on the internet and try it if you can find one near you. They're the most delicious cookies. They're like big gourmet cookies. We have one near me now. We have one on the west side of Cincinnati now. The first time she sent me like a box of these cookies. Had had it chipped. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. They were so good. She got me tons of them. She had, she had some sent to my house this past week. I didn't know that I'm sitting here working and I've still worked. I got to work from home working in the middle of the day. There's a knock at my door. I'm like, number one, I'm working. Number two, I wasn't expecting anybody. I didn't have any packages I was expecting. I'm, I'm like, this is a solicitor. This is a Jehovah's Witness. This is somebody just knocking on my door to try to get me to switch, uh, you know, gas and electric companies or whatever. I didn't get up. I'm like, also, I'm not going to open the door. I have COVID right now. I'm not supposed to, you know, they sure. don't know whoever's out there doesn't know that. So anyway, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let them go away, I guess. So they knocked twice. I'm like, sorry. And then I didn't hear anything. That was like probably late morning. I get finished working about four o'clock. I open my front door just to like see the outside world. There's a yeah. box of there's a box of crumble cookies on my front porch. They have bite marks out of them where the where I think a squirrel got to it. It didn't bite all the way through. The the package was sealed and it didn't bite all the way like it bought it bought bought it bit into it? <laughs> it bit into the box like three or four times but didn't like tear open the boxes, didn't get to the cookies. But it was an animal that bit into the box. So I'm not taking that shot. I'm not taking that chance. Wow. And to to throw away the cookies. Oh, no. Because they were out there all day long and something got got to the box. Yeah. Dude, that kills me. I know. Me too. Oh. That was tough. So many delicious cookies. Oh gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was uh that was an interesting thing that happened because of COVID. Uh but anyway, that was it. Like I said, really missing that game was probably the worst, the worst part of having COVID. <laughs> missing that Warriors Pacers game. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that was it. That's my whole COVID story. And uh, I can't believe that you threw away cookies. I know. I know. I, I thought you know was, I'd ate them still. You know I'm eating them still. I know you would have. A thousand percent. <laughs> I just can't take a chance on any rabies, on any sort of, uh, you know, uh, rodent AIDS or any. Um... What? What squirrel has AIDS? You know, there's feline AIDS. Why couldn't there be rodent AIDS? Right? Maybe it was a cat. Could have been. There I, are cats that this, roam around my my neighborhood. Could have been a cat with thought, feline AIDS. 
I had this thought earlier today. The the TV's on and there's a HIV uh keep you from getting HIV, not keep you from getting, but if you got it, mm-hmm. keep you from spreading it, maybe. I don't know. So how did this could go down a whole crazy path? There's like almost a cure for it now. I mean, I, it's like no, no, I get that. not a death my, sentence my, anymore. My point is with STDs in general. Mm-hmm. The world's been around forever. How did they just start? Where? How does that happen? I feel like they've probably been around a long time. That's fine. But like, that's a natural thing that people have been doing to make re-procreate and everything forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how, how all of a sudden these things come around. How do you get to clap? Like, yeah, I guess there are new ones that come up once in a while, I guess, right? I, I don't I guess. I don't know. Like the HPV yeah. stuff. Like apparently if you're a young woman, you gotta get a, a shot for that. I don't know. Yeah, because that could cause uh cervical cancer, I think. It's it's just I'm just telling you, none of it makes any sense. I can't understand where it came from. Oh yeah, from somebody doing that stuff with trying to procreate with monkeys and stuff. You think that's how it happened? Like you get it from a rat? Yeah. yeah, You got a little fella if you're trying to get in a rat. (laughs) I don't know about rats. I don't know about rats, but monkeys, uh, any uh, any human-sized animal. So so why why do animals have these things? Because they can't shower. Or use use, uh, contraceptives. I was showering have anything to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. They're dirty. I don't know. Neither do I. Nobody, I don't know either. I don't know either. Uh just the general uh just the general concept of them not having uh any I mean, capability back to in keep the, that stuff away. Yeah, but back in the in the Stone Age, they they weren't showering and they were getting after it. That's probably when it started. That's when they were doing the stuff with monkeys. You know, maybe even oh, dinosaurs. Just, maybe so dinosaurs confused. started it. Yeah. Anyway, you anyway. know, a Triceratops got together with a Brontosaurus, and something happened, and like it, you know, it spiked it. It, you know, spiked it in the area, and you know, st- it got a little something going there, and there was some. Uh, the nineteen ninety Red Pitchers <laughs> is our Mount Rushmore this week. And uh, I'll tell you who didn't have any uh, feline AIDS is Jose Rio. Chris, what do you got for your 1990 thing? All right, bud. So uh, I chose the Mount Rushmore of the 1990 wire-to-wire Reds, Cincinnati Reds pitchers. You got to pick four. First off, not as easy as I thought. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, you got the nasty boys, right? I mean, you've got Norm Charles, you've got Randy Myers, you got Rob Dibble. You have an unbelievable top three starting pitchers in Tom Browning, Jose Rijo, and Jack Armstrong, who was great that year. Um, you also had guys like, hello, Tim Leana. I mean, unbelievable uh, reliever. Uh, Chris Hammond was on that 1990 team. 
for a short period. Uh, so let's let's go into this and really think who we got. You got to go Jose Rio. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Rob Dibble was my guy. Like I had the huge leg kick. I didn't pitch a lot, but when I did, I brought that glove all the way over my head and I brought that leg kick all the way up in the air. Like I went big time with it. So I'm going to go two with Rob Dibble. Danny Jackson was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Scott Scudder was on that team. Ron Robinson for a short period of time was on that team. I mean, you're talking about what, what do they call him? The Lurch or the Frankenstein? Freak or something like that. Freak. Or... Yeah. Ron Robinson was one ugly son of a gun. He was in our uh, very, very early on Twitter polls of ugliest baseball players. Um, he made it, I believe, past the second round. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the late great Tom Browning as number three, yep. and I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna kill it. God, this is so hard for me, <laughs> so hard because you got Danny Jackson, you've got Jack Armstrong, who I love Jack Armstrong back then. But it really comes down to the other two nasty boys. I got to take one of the other two nasty boys. And if I got to choose, as weird as it sounds, Norm Charlton was my guy. Randy Myers was was the best nasty boy. Yes. He was the best. Totally agree. But I loved Norm Charlton. When my sister was little and she was learning how to speak, the name I would try to help her try to tell her to say was Norm Charlton because I felt like it was long and difficult and I loved him. That is way too hard for a kid trying to learn how to speak. I know. She was born in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> that should automatically make you be able to say Norm Charlton, I believe. I feel like you should come out of the wound saying. Yeah. Wound? Wound or womb? It's womb. Womb. Yeah, wound a, is, is capital a B at the end. Is a sore. That's right. That's right. Womb. That's what you that's what you get, you know, from feline AIDS and stuff. I hope I never get feline AIDS. I mean, I'm not a big feline. I hate felines in general. So yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. So you got uh you got I, can't I just left. I just left Randy Myers off. But that's okay. That's what I did. I'm going Tom Browning just off just because of love for the man. Here's the thing. And and I'll use that to transition right into mine. Tom Browning led that team in innings pitched. He was the only one over 200 innings. He was 222 innings. Um, He had, uh, let's see, 35. He he started 35 games. He led them in starts. All right. I've got the whole chart here. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to be looking away from the camera here. But, uh, Tom Browning led them in innings, led them in starts, uh, and wins. He had 15 wins that year. That led the team. And he was Mr. Perfect. I mean, two years before that, he, he pitched his perfect game, and he was still at the top of his game. He pitched 200, no, 227 innings, a 380 ERA over the course of 227 innings is fantastic. He's definitely on mine. Jose Rijo, easily on mine, my favorite pitcher from that. The MVP I mean, he was the MVP of the World Series. Thank you. 
uh, number two in innings, number two in wins, uh, 29 starts, a 270 ERA for that year. That's good. That That's mean? good. That's real good. Uh, let him in strikeouts, I believe. Where are they? Yep, 152 strikeouts. I mean, led by a lot in that department. Jose Rio is so good. Um, send your smoke. That's what I remember from wire to wire. That's what they said his name was. Yep. Browning and Riho. I'm going, uh, I'm going Randy Myers. I have, he was my favorite nasty boy. I'm putting Randy Myers on it. He was the closer. I mean, I, if, it feels like a he lot was. of people think Dibble was the closer. Oh, he closed no, no. some, he closed some games, but Randy Myers was the closer. It was Charles Charlton. Dibble Myers. That was the way it went. It went six, seven, eight, right down or uh seven, eight, nine, right down the line. Yep. And uh, Norm Charlton actually started. I, I couldn't tell you. You've got the stats there. I, he started like 15 games that year, didn't he? He start he pitched in 56 games, 16 starts. Look at that. I don't even have the numbers in front of me. I was off by one. Yep. Yep. That was good. Um, yeah, 16 starts. Uh, he pitched, he threw 154 innings total, Norm Charlton did, um, <clears throat> which was fourth on the team. Uh, 274 was his ERA that year. Let's see, what's a, the Nasty Boys? Charlton was 274. Dibble was 174 for the year. And Randy Myers was 208. Those three guys are so stupid. It's so, oh my God. There's a reason they were called the Nasty Boys. Oh God, they got everybody out. And uh sometimes Rob Dibble would sacrifice out to uh let his aggression out. Yeah, <laughs> he would just throw the ball at you while you're running down first base. Or um, just throw the ball towards home as hard as he possibly could. And if yeah. that meant that he hit you, oh well. Or into the stands and and hit a teacher and hit a teacher uh, bloody the yep. teacher's face. Hit a teacher. And and you know, and you had to have a lot of crazy. So you hear about like you're the nasty boys, right? And and you got to be a little crazy to be a reliever, and you hear all that stuff all the time. Randy Myers was the goofiest son of a gun you'll ever meet in your entire life. Yeah. However, I don't think he was the craziest of the three of them. I think he might have actually been the least crazy. Norm <laughs> yeah. Charlton ran over a man as as a as a runner. In a in his pitching jacket, yeah. Rob Dibble hit a woman, a teacher, with a baseball that he threw into the stands, and all Randy Myers did was dress up weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would wear like uh, like rainbow socks and a camouflage cut off t shirt or something before the games. Rob Dibble's <laughs> trying to beat up Lou Pinella. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, which I'm taking Sweet Lou in that all day long. I mean, I'm First taking off, Lou. Why? Why is a why is one of your end of bullpen relievers in a fight with your manager? Let's see. Rob Dibble was 26 that year. Why is he in a fight with a manager? <laughs> I don't understand that. I never I, got that. Why did they fight? I get like a position player, an everyday position player, having an issue with where he's in the lineup. But why is your setup man getting in a fight. I don't understand it. 
because Lou Pinella was fiery too, and and he probably was like, "Hey, calm it down a little bit, there, buddy." And he's like, "Don't tell me that calm." Down. I don't know how it started, but I'm gonna tell you right now, neither of either of them were telling each other to calm down. They were both just going at it. <laughs> they were just going at it. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, I went Riho Browning, Randy Myers, number four for me. You ready? I'm putting Norm Charlton on there. I love Norm Charlton. Love Norm Charlton. Norm Charlton was my guy. He went to Seattle and then came back. Then yeah. he came back to Cincinnati. <clears throat> that uh, the fact that he was so versatile that he he pitched some. He started some games and then he pitched a ton out of the bullpen. And I mean, that's really hard for guys to do. He did that all year long. And had and had that 274 ERA and had success and was successful in both places. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, you know, uh, just like I love left-handed players in basketball, Randy Myers and Norm Charlton were both left-handed, and I uh, I love that about them. <clears throat> I'm sure a big part of why they were also successful. I mean, how many how many bullpens had two of their best guys as left-handers back then. Yeah. Couldn't have been much. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Something interesting about that staff. Rick Mailer was the oldest pitcher on that staff at 36. The next oldest, 30 years old, Tom Browning. Wow. Everybody else on that staff was under 30. That is young. It's a very young staff. Uh, yeah. Nor Norm Charlton was 27. Uh, let's see. Danny Jackson was 28. Dibble was 26. Myers was 27. And they traded Franco because Franco was probably 40. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was 40 and then played another 15 years after that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I uh, mean, I had so much fun just going to baseball reference and looking at that staff. Oh my God. Um, anyway, Reho Browning, Myers, Charlton for me. We, we love our trips down memory lane. Yes, we do. Shout out Tim Leana. Yeah. And Tim Burtis. All the Tims. Burtis. Burtis was good, too. Yeah. I mean, he was okay. Let's see. Leano had a 349 ERA that year. Pitched 80. That's good. Games. That's good. 55 games. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Scott Scudder was only 22 years old. Yeah, Scott Scudder. I don't think Scott Scudder was on was in the World Series. I don't think he was on the on the. I think he might have came up in the middle of the year, but I don't think he was on the playoff roster. He was. He he is in. Uh, I'm pretty positive he is in some of the celebration photos with his jacket on that says Scudder. I don't know if he can – can you be not on the roster and in the dugout? No, uh, he if he was on the roster, he was in the dugout. I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure I've seen – For some reason, I thought that he wasn't, but then, no, he – I mean, they, he they increase him, so he could – yeah, then he – then he maybe he was. Because I'm yeah. starting to see that too, that red jacket with the white name on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing Liana with his on. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Scudder was Scudder didn't really start pitching for the Reds until like '92, when he really became a big part of that bullpen. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, he didn't. He, I mean, he appeared 21 times that year, but that could have been mostly in the first half. I mean, um, yeah, I don't remember Ron Robinson being on this on the staff at the end of the year. No, uh, again, just like just like Franco, right? I don't think either of them he were got on traded the, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franco got traded. I think both of them did. Uh, I think Fra- Franco got traded before the year started because he got traded for Andy Myers. Oh, that's right. No, you're right. He was never on that team. He went to the Mets, yeah, and Randy Myers came over in that deal for, from the Mets. Um, yeah, I, I, young staff, young staff, very young staff. And Jack Armstrong, Jack Armstrong was like he's. I think he started the All Star game that year because he was like he had like ten wins at the All Star break or something like that. And then his second half was like not very good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but he bolstered the beginning. I mean, the reason they were wire to wire, a big part of it was was off his arm in the first half. They had a massive lead at the All Star break, and then yeah. had you know struggled. They went like five hundred in the second half of the year. Yeah, they went like five hundred. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, were, okay, we could we could do. They that. weren't they weren't supposed to beat Pittsburgh, and they were not supposed to beat Oakland, and they swept Oakland. In case you didn't know, and you're out there listening. They were in first place from day one to day end. The only other team I know to do that was one of those 90 um, or early 2000 Yankees teams. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, you literally can't come in second for a single second for a single game. Like they were in first place from day. They would, they went seven straight or seven. Was it seven nine. straight? Is it nine. nine straight? Nine straight to win to start the year. Nine consecutive victories to begin a baseball season. That was one of the calls. Listen to you, Marty. It was, it was, uh, I think Larkin, I think Larkin caught a pop up on the infield to end the ninth straight win. I'm pretty sure it was that or Hatcher in center or something like that. I just showed a couple. I, I was walking. So I told, I was, I was sitting at, uh, at baseball on Tuesday and I took one of the kids to practice. And besides my son, and uh, we we're in there talking to somebody about how uh, one of the guys sold a hundred squares, right? Our our Super Bowl squares for our organization, we sold nine sheets, nine hundred people. I'm only telling you that because I was in charge of it, and it's been the biggest pain in my butt ever in the entire world. It was like a second full time job, uh, but Barry Larkin, but five from somebody and i was talking to a parent about how barry larkin was on there you were on the same sheet as barry larkin barry larkin won he won he had zero zero and i'm walking out and i was talking to a parent about it and little kid goes "Uh, who's barry larkin and i went what'd you just say he said i don't really watch baseball very much does he play who's he play for and i said get in my truck and shut your mouth. <laughs> and I looked at him just like that. And he's younger. He's the youngest kid on the team. And he didn't know how to take it. I was kidding, obviously. I get in the truck. I go onto YouTube. And I look up Barry Larkin highlights. And I look at him and I go, don't say a word. And sit back there for the next 12 minutes. <laughs> and he, he just sat there and watched my phone. And I was like, now. I will never say anything to your dad about the fact that you don't know who Barry Larkin is as long as you always remember from here on out 
who Barry Larkin is. <laughs> and that is the best baseball lesson you were going to ever teach that kid. Damn right. <laughs> oh man. I mean, we could we could have a separate pot, not a separate episode, a separate podcast about the 90 Reds if we really wanted to. Um that might be one. We might do that coming up. I mean, spring training's coming up. Why not? That's a, that's a pretty good podcast idea. I'm in. I, I could do it. We, I mean, we've already talked about it for like 25 minutes. So <laughs> I know. I know. People have right, turned well, this off. Gotta, yeah. What'd you I, say? I, I, I said people have turned this off, but I really don't want people to. I want people to know about Sam Talent. You do? I do. Okay. Then you go first. Uh, Sam Talent was uh, my choice for comedian uh last week and he had a special on youtube that was called um uh the toads morale morale. the toads how could i forget that the toads uh watch the you know watch the special so you can understand what he's talking about filmed in cincinnati go bananas comedy club which i'm gonna be there in three weeks for dan soder nice um i've been once one other time have you ever been there i've never been to the one in westchester you know back at the old go bananas at uh in newport i was there multiple times that's the funny bone go bananas is in is on montgomery road in blue ash or whatever if that's the case i've never been to go bananas i've only been to the funny bone you're right i was at the funny bone multiple times in uh well i watched uh one of my my least favorite shows uh not least favorite it was actually a really good show but afterwards sucks because you got to do a meet and greet paulie shore could care less about anybody that had uh testosterone in their body he only wanted to talk to the women that were there to see what he was doing later that night and could care less at the fact that i wanted to say hello (laughs) <laughs> yeah he did you know sign what? two shirts he did sign a couple shirts i got a biodome shirt and can't remember the other one. Oh, was he selling them there yeah and signing them yeah it. i bought one and he signed it when i was very young that was probably many years ago right uh me and aaron were married me and aaron went oh, okay yeah so within the last <laughs> Jeezel Pete's. So yeah, could have been many years ago many, because many we've been married still. 15 years now. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, well, I, I was I was into the meet and greet. <laughs> I was into the meet and greet and I was into the uh you know buying the CD uh back in the day and getting it signed and stuff. <clears throat> uh did that with Pablo Francisco. That was one of the first shows I went to. Um bought his CD and signed it. And he talked to me and my dad for a minute. Um, I was probably 18, 19 or something. I was way more into it then. I've been to so many comedy shows now. And I feel like if I'm the comedian, I don't want to do that after the show. So I never go through, I, for a long time now, I've not gone through the line. That's a big part of how they make extra money. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, yeah, but just not necessarily buying merch, just going through to say hello. You yeah, know but I mean? here's the deal. I'm talking about, this is when I went to meet Pauly Shore, it was pre every single comedian had a podcast. Podcast wasn't yeah. a thing back then, right? So 
like that was a big way for them. They, they, I don't, I'm not going to tell you, I don't think that they hated it. I think they understood that was a big part to keep their name out and to get introduced to the fans and make sure people liked them and listened to them and continued to come back personally. All right. Now, 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 Pauly Shore, on the other hand, had done many movies and he had, he was already washed up and trying to come back. Right. And, you know, I think he thought that his mom was going to die years before that and he was going to take over. What is it? The comedy seller or comedy store. yeah, the comedy store. That's what yeah. it's the comedy store. Yeah, and he would just like take it over or something and it never happened. She was still alive. He even joked about that. That was part of his during that about how his mom's still alive and he'll never be as cool as his mom. And all. that was a big part of his comedy that night. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, so I, it's been a long time since I've, since I've done a meet and greet. Now I've seen a few of like the, uh, the middles of the openers and stuff like that after shows, just like walking through. And I, sometimes I feel like I want to say something to those guys. Like, Hey, you were really good. Like, especially people I don't know or whatever. And then I see them and like, wow, that guy was great. I think it's okay to do that. It is okay to do that. I still uh, buckle under the pressure and I don't say anything because uh, I feel like they would appreciate the, yeah, hey, thanks. 100%. You know, they, even they, yeah. they probably still get it all the time. But Especially the guys that just walk by and go, hey, bro, you killed it and just keep walking. Like that's as cool as it gets for those guys, right? Like I'm not trying to be a groupie or nothing like that, right. but just a regular Joe saying, hey, dude, you did good. Good job. Yep. Uh, you're right. You're right. Maybe I should, I got to I'm going to remember that next time. Matter of fact, I, I'm a bit, I already know who Dan Soder brings as his opener on the road. And uh, I've seen him before and he's really funny. I, I like him. So um, maybe if I see him after the show, I'll say something. Sam talent, another New York comedian. Uh, he already get. he starts with a six. We only are, we go to five Haas. He starts with a six because he filmed this in Cincinnati. Um, so then I subtract every bad thing after that. Okay. Let's see how <laughs> this goes. No. Um, I mean, I wrote down a few things, but honestly, this was a couple weeks ago that I, so I don't remember all of it now, but uh, I know that I really, really liked this. I laughed a lot. Uh he called biological women analog women. I thought that was funny. Um, the bed and breakfast stuff. Uh, that was good. That was good. That was good. I, for whatever reason, I've said this a few times on this thing. I like a comedian who stands in front of the microphone stand and keeps the mic in the stand and stands yeah. there and tells jokes. I also don't think, I also stand. don't feel like he could move very well anyway. Maybe not. He could have, Took taking the mic out of the microphone stand and paced one, you know, one step either way. He didn't do that. But I like a I like somebody, especially if they're funny, that okay. stands there and he's like, My yep. words are the only thing that are gonna matter here. Yep. Yep. hundred percent We talk about that all the time. Jerry Seinfeld-esque. Or yeah. uh Tom what's Pop the guy with Yeah, Tom Pop. That's what I was just gonna say. The guy with Fortune Feimster on Netflix radio, Tom yeah. Papa. Yeah. Tom yeah. Papa's big. Um, 
woman scientist. What's next? A dog wearing sunglasses? I don't. I mean, that's <laughs> for some reason that uh, that that got me pretty good. Um, the closer <laughs> hits me with the tombstone. <laughs> that was that was funny. Um, his last joke that I can't say any any more about because it's too gross for this podcast. I really like this and I liked it so much. And this is the little bit that we've conversated about this so far. I think that we're going to be super far apart on this. I gave it a 4.5. What? Oh, are you kidding me? No, I really thought he was really funny. Okay. Okay. I will say this. I believe that he's funny. This is a funny person. Like, I bet on podcasts, this dude kills it. I think he's extremely funny. I love over-the-top jokes. Love them. I love jokes that toe the line. I love all that stuff. I love jokes. Actually, I don't really like the ones that toe the line. I like jokes that step over the line, right? Those, I love that. I don't feel like his delivery was on point. I don't feel like his timing was great. He, maybe I think on like three out of 15 of his jokes, he had good timing or good delivery. Like the one, the one was really good. I can't remember what the joke was, but he, he's telling the joke and then he goes, no, uh, no, yeah, I was in charge the whole time. I was in charge the whole time. I also don't like that as much as like he hit you with it. Like his punchline worked. Because he had you going and it wasn't that great and it it felt like the joke bombed, but then he had his little comment after and it was like, oh, that's where he was going with it. He got me, but then he's got to tell me that he got me. Mm. I hate that. I that That annoyed the hell out of me. You got me. You got me. Move on to the next one, bro. You got me. You don't got to tell me you got me like you're in charge. What like? I don't think his timing was good on most of his stuff. I don't think. Uh, yes, I love the over the topness. I love crazy, weird, like stuff that no one else is going to think of. This guy's jokes, no one else is thinking of. I can promise you that he's the only one coming up with this material, hundred percent. And I love that. I just feel like he was off. Like it was off. You know, you know what he looked like and kind of reminded me of the toad he was talking about. Before. No, no, that was a good joke too. That was good. That was good. But kill it, right? Like you bring it back once. When you bring it back four times, you've killed it. That joke is dead now. You've now killed that joke, buried it dug it back up like talk about it bring it back around got it right and if it's an early early joke bring it around in the middle bring it around again at the end cool four times in the span of 25 minutes i don't know but tell me that he didn't for like a period of time look a little bit like a young uncle brad <laughs> yes you know what I remember thinking he looks like an Ellis when I yes. 
when I when I was watching that, I totally forgot that. But I, you're right. I thought that he did. He did. He looks like he kind of looks like one of his brothers, Mm -hmm. his oldest brother. Man, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that does. That's one of the things I thought of. Adam, you you couldn't have been more right. Uh oh, did I lose you? Can you see me? I can see you. I can hear you. Okay, I did something. Oh, there you are. Uh, you couldn't be more right. We're far off on this. <laughs> okay. Four five. I was a two eight. <laughs> two eight. Got it. I like the the camera work was horrible. Yeah, that was bad. Horrible. There's a lot of editing that's done inside of this. A lot. This is a 45 minute special. I bet he was on stage for an hour and 20 minutes. Now, oh, yeah, probably. We got to see five minutes of this ridiculous person that was being crazy. Did you did you watch till the very end? Yeah. Yeah. So they they obviously had an issue with somebody during the show. And that is what it is. I don't know why they put that in there. But throughout the show, I could see editing two or three times. That was weird. And then they killed it. The the tombstone. That was there were weird edits. Weird edits. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason I didn't like it, but I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I gave it a two eight. Two eight. That's that's not terrible. It's not terrible. Three is middle of the road. It's just below middle of the road for me. I just, oh, like four. There's no way I'm giving that a four. It's just never gonna happen. I I think this guy's got potential because he's super funny, but his delivery was, to me, wasn't there. I need better delivery. I I feel like he was uncomfortable for a lot of the show. He was very uncomfortable. I felt he would tell a joke and it didn't feel like. If it was not like if it wasn't how he wanted it, you could kind of feel him sweating really bad and like getting a little nervous. I it you you got to be able to flow through that, flow through it, flow through it. And there was no flow, no flow for me. Okay, all right. This is uh, we might have been pretty far off on something else not too long ago, but for the most part, we've been really close for a long time. Might as well be Jim Gaffigan. My hubby Jim Gaffigan, yeah. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's all right. That's totally okay. You didn't love it. I loved it. Could be the opposite way next week, or we could be right on back on track it's on not, the same wavelength. It's not gonna be opposite next week because I'm in charge, and this is somebody we've done at least twice, maybe three times. Um we are going to go back to Netflix because that's the way that I go because you do way more looking into this stuff with podcasts and YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm going to go back to Netflix and we are going to go with our girl. I believe this is her third, could be her fourth. Uh, do you have an idea? There's a name in my head, but I don't think I, I keep thinking Wanda Sykes, but I don't No, 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 no. Way better. Taylor Tomlinson, have it all. Yeah. Love Taylor Tomlinson. I feel like we both 
it's been two or three specials that she's had on Netflix. And I feel like we have both liked both of them. Yes, absolutely. Love Taylor Tomlinson. She is, she is the host of a show after the, uh, after Stephen Colbert at night on whatever CBS, she's hosting a show called after midnight, which is a, like a re, uh, Kind of like a, a a redo of the show at midnight, which was on Comedy Central years yep. ago. Chris yep. Hardwick hosted it, um, and I've been recording them and watching them. Um, I, I love That's the cool. format. It's just comedian. They're having like actors and stuff on sometimes, so those aren't always perfect. But um, a lot of comedians though, and it's just like a it's like a game show, but it doesn't matter. Nothing matter. Like she just gives points to whoever, whenever she wants to, and stuff. Drew Carey. Oh, yeah. Whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? He would yeah, always yeah. say, I'll give you guys points, but none of the points matter. It's it's <laughs> it's very similar to that, except it's not improv. It's it's like they're standing at podiums and they have like a thing, like they'll show a video from the internet and, and a person buzzes in and they get to comment on it and they always say something really funny and she gives them points and that's that's it. Uh, Love it. And anyway, she's she's pretty funny on that, but her stand-up is excellent and i cannot wait for this so you know mikey day uh on saturday night live yeah uh so he hosts a show called is it cake on netflix which i don't know if you've ever seen it or not these people are the most amazing bakers i've ever seen in my life i've seen some clips and stuff yeah unbelievable what they can do with cake and fondant and chocolate and all kinds of stuff anyway the she was one of the judges uh on the season finale okay which is pretty cool. yeah uh, i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my god it's taylor tomlinson and i'm with my three kids that are 10 and two or seven and my wife and they're all like who and i was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, never yeah. mind never mind <laughs> you'll get to enjoy her comedy later you know if few years down the road well she was super funny on the show she was really good like nice. they don't say a lot the judges don't say a lot but when they do talk it's super funny good what was this called again is it cake no no uh her special oh it's called have it all have it all have it all all right good good choice now for me mount rushmore next week in in celebration of so the two the two greatest words in sports chris are uh game seven thank you the three best words in sports are pitchers and catchers yes or pitchers and catchers report if you want to do four something like that i want to do the mount rushmore of days on the baseball calendar do you know what i mean by that Yes. Like so, pitchers and catchers report, opening yep. day, World Series, whatever. Yeah. 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 Days Game on the one. baseball calendar. So, okay. Do I need the act? I don't. So, you're not dates. We're not talking dates. We're talking yeah. words, right? Like, so one of the words is pitchers and catchers report, right? That's a day on the calendar. The event, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're we're both from Cincinnati, so opening day is like a given. Could be. Okay. Days on the Major League Baseball calendar. I'm going to try to get creative. I mean, 
we will probably end up with the same ones, but uh, I don't but like, like, may I the like, fourth be with you. Yeah. I hate that one. Hate it. But it's anyway. my least favorite, but it's my best friend's dad's favorite. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to make fun of him next time I see him. Um, yes. hundred percent. Next time you see Greg little, <laughs> yeah. totally make fun of him. <laughs> He'll dish it out. Uh, he's he's got to take it now. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. All right. Good. Um, yes. Stuff like that. Uh, you know, you got Jackie Robinson day, you got Lou Gehrig's day, um, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, of course, and then you have your all-star game, you have your home run derby stuff, you got your world, Series, you know, all that kind of stuff. We don't have to do it now, but days on the baseball calendar. Maybe it's the okay. first day of the playoffs. Maybe, okay. it's, you know, whatever. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. I'm ready. We're going to be getting excited about baseball season coming up here. I'm I'm already excited. First uh, off, the, I just started gambling on the apps, right? <laughs> and apparently they got this thing called Dinger Tuesdays hmm. where you can bet on somebody to hit a home run and however many home runs are hit in that game you get free bets. So yeah. like, I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm betting once a week. Very good. Very good. Excuse me. Um, man, they are coming up with, <laughs> with all these bets. What are they called? Are those prop bets? What is What is a prop yes. bet? Yes. Um, I mean, they're getting creative with those things. Yeah. <clears throat> you, yeah. Yes, they're very creative. Like I said, you could bet on how Sabrina, not Sabrina, how uh, Caitlin Clark scored her her eighth point, whether it was two points, three points, or a free throw. You could bet on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've only bet on NBA games so far. I I'm probably going to put a few things down on some baseball this year. I have heard from I've heard from people that are like real betters, like guys that do it all the time, that Major League Baseball is the easiest sport to bet on. Really? I've also heard matchups. Is that what you I mean? I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh I've also heard that if you bet the under on so for the last 10 years, if you bet the under on two teams that are in the top five that are playing each other and they're both in the top five of their, of their, uh, of the national league or, or American league that the under hits 60% of the time. Okay. It's not good enough for me. It's not good enough odds for me, but not good enough. Not good <laughs> enough. Okay. Literally like this guy's like the dude told me, he's like, I bet every single day. And I, if it's a game like that, I bet the under. He goes, some days I'll lose four of them. I'll I'll lose four. And some days I'll win four, right? Or win six. But I'll bet every single one of them. Mm. Yes, if you're coming out 60% of the time, then you're going to end up on top. Not by much, but you will. Yeah. You really can't probably bet until you're like two weeks in the season on that. Because you really don't know who they are yet. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Um. 
Yeah, I'm going to be, you know, betting the uh, over on exit velocity on, uh, you know, Ellie De La Cruz's second at bat of the game or something like that. Love it. I, I was, oh, that is so awesome. I love that so much. <laughs> bet exit velocity. Don't bet, don't bet on a uh, launch angle. Nah. I'm still not a launch angle guy. Nah. I think launch angle is important, but I'm not big on teaching launch angle. If your exit velocity is way up there, then yeah, launch angle is going to be important, I guess, if you want to hit it out of the park. Yeah. I, yeah. But if you over teach launch angle, <laughs> yeah. then you're you are, you are you're ruining a swing for someone. You want like, to teach exit velocity more than you want to teach launch angle mm -hmm. because your natural swing will create launch angle. Anyway, that's uh, never mind. That's besides the point. Just hit the ball hard. Do, I do another? Do you want to do it? Do you, we should do a podcast on like sabermetric stuff for basketball compared to baseball. <laughs> yeah, you do the basketball stuff. I'll do the baseball stuff, and we'll just talk about stuff that seems silly mm -hmm. and stuff that actually makes sense, and then the stuff that's in between because there's a lot of in between stuff. Yeah, we can talk box plus minus. We can talk. Uh, I don't know what any of that means. Of I was watching. I was listening to Ryan Rossillo the other day. <laughs> oh, that man. dude, that dude talks some like offensive efficiency plus or minus times uh, points scored per possession, and I'm like, what? What? What did you just say? And that's like OBP plus SL two. What is yeah. all that in baseball? I don't even know what all that is. I feel like there are new ones every year. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, we've got a we've got a show for next week. I think. I think we did two shows today. We've we pretty much did two shows today. Uh, we've got <laughs> so we've got three podcasts that are going to be starting up pretty soon, apparently. Um, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll give you more information on those as we develop those. Uh, on our and I guess we must we might as well open our own uh, start our own podcast network if we're going to have multiple podcasts on it. So if we're going to do it, we might as well do it right. Mm -hmm. Nosebleed Nosebleeds Podcast Network. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we can make this happen if we wanted to. We can make it happen. I just feel like you know we both have full time jobs and yeah, we both have kids. We're both married. We both have a lot of stuff going. It's Could you imagine if podcasts came out when we were in our 20s? We'd be billionaires. Would we? No. <laughs> I, we have not made one change to this podcast in five, six years or whatever. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah. Look, we had swipe right, swipe left. We've nixed it. Yeah. We've had get off my lawn. We've had lots of add-ons and subtractions. We've had lots of stuff like that. Yeah. We, we changed where we sit in the pot in the in the studio. <laughs> yeah. A couple times. Yeah. 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 I we used to have t-shirts on the that's right. <laughs> to dumb the sound down. Not anymore. We had an intro song. No more. <laughs> Not anymore. Lost that. <laughs> <laughs> lost that but the thing is we're fine with it that's what i think yeah. that's what i meant like yeah yeah okay if it stays the same if it gets worse if it gets better you know eh, 
it is what it is. Yeah. We're still going to show up. Still going to show up on Wednesdays. I'll tell you this. I was watching a Theo Vaughn podcast with Shane Gillis. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know what? These two are two of the funniest people I know. This has got to be good. And it started off and I'm like, are these dudes going to talk about anything? Like, what's going on? Yeah. What is And it makes me feel like anybody can do this. But if you're a little bit famous, mm. makes it a little bit better for you. Yeah. Yep. If you start out with a – by the way, Shane Gillis is going to host uh, SNL. Really? Uh, next week or the week after, I think. Nice. That will be a good one. Yeah, which yeah. is a big story because you – he got fired from SNL like a week after he got hired or whatever. Yeah. So they're bringing him back to host. I love that stuff. There was somebody else that just did that not that long ago. Or maybe that's the story I read. Doesn't matter. Either way, it'll be good. All right. It's time. Adam, we have the Mount Rushmore of um, what was our Mount Rushmore? Got dang on it. Days on the baseball calendar. Days on the baseball calendar. We've got Taylor Tomlinson have it all next week and God knows what else. So until next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on.